Hello, and thank you for tuning in to our first Linners and Roosers show. My name is Ricardo Cominelli. Alongside me is Nick Rosser. How's it going? Just wanted to uh, thank you guys for tuning in today. And for our first show tonight, you're in for a real treat. We'll be bringing you insight and discussion on our local Major League Soccer side, the Colorado Rapids. The Rapids, after five games, are currently sitting in fourth in the MLS Western Conference, having won three games, tied one, and lost one. The excitement of being back at Dick's Sporting Goods Park, along with two back-to-back three-goal wins, has been an absolute gift to the fans. Joining us today on our show is Nick Holmberg from MLS Now Podcast. Nick brings us coverage of the Colorado Rapids, and we are excited to have him with us tonight. Nick, how are you doing? Hey, guys. I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me on the pod. Awesome. So so since you belong to the MLS Now podcast, we were wondering how you got involved in that podcast, how you got to be the Rapids correspondent, anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, basically, you know, I was just kind of uh, on Twitter, uh, just kind of randomly, you know, spewing out my thoughts and ideas on, on how I felt about the Rapids and and, uh, you know, following them pretty religiously over the years and uh, was engaging with other fans. And I think they just kind of noticed that and they were kind of looking to bring in, um, uh, you know, folks that would kind of cover a specific team. And so um, just one random day I was asked. Yeah, yeah. And, and really what, they're, what the MLS Now podcast did is they really started as um, two or three guys that talked about the league in general. And then it, it evolved, and I think I was the first one that, that they asked um, to be more of like a network of like dedicated fans to a specific team. So, um, yeah, I just, just one random day on Twitter I got asked. I was pretty excited, and uh, I thought, well, heck, I mean, I'm already spending so much time, you know, uh, you know, going to games, reading everything I can about it, watching everything, you know, completely obsessing over it. So might as well put it to good use. Um, you know, it was a pretty easy decision when I was asked to, uh, to hop on. And, and it's been, it's been awesome to, to do that and to get in, um, kind of as this podcast was starting to grow. Good, good. Well, I'm glad you've had a lot of excitement uh, following the Colorado Rapids. I know it's been a pretty long journey, but I'd like to know what are some challenges that come with covering the Colorado Rapids? Um, yeah, it's a good, it's a good question. I mean, you know, as far as the challenges, um, I mean, I would say that one of the, one of the biggest challenges, um, is kind of the, the elephant in the room for the Rapids, which is trying to watch them on TV. Um, quite mm-hmm. honestly, because, you know, we've had this saga going on for two and a half years where, you know, we don't have, uh, many options. A lot of fans aren't able to watch the game. I mean, basically you've got as I'm sure you guys know, you've got DirecTV and you've got yep. um, AT&T now. And that starts at 90 bucks a month, which is just absurdly expensive. And, you know, uh, like most fans, I'm pretty bitter about that. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to move forward and I hope that it's resolved uh, very soon. But, um, you know, apart, apart from that gripe, I mean, I would say that um, some of the, the biggest challenges are just trying to um, – do it all. I mean, ideally I would like to not have a day job and just do this, you know, Um, I would like to spend all of my time, uh, you know, just going to practice and, you know, you know, more than just getting to a game or, you know, watching an occasional game. Um, But, you know, really being it in and out, uh, you know, being at, at DSG park all the time, watching practice, that sort of thing, being able to spend more time, you know, it's not anything that the club has done wrong by any means. <laughs> um, I just like to Outside ideally. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, like with COVID, like any team, you know, completely understandable. They have to limit who's coming into practice. You can't really get close to players. That's all completely understandable. Uh, it's a challenge that, you know, everyone, uh, you know, across the globe has really had to deal with. And, you know, thankfully, you know, it looks like there's light at the end of the tunnel and things are getting uh, you know, slowly back back to normal. Well, it's definitely interesting because when we were trying to get our season tickets to the Rapids, they included that you have to still purchase the first four games. On top of not being able to watch it at home, you would have, you can buy a whole season's worth of games and still have to pay for the first four. Like, nothing makes sense about the Rapids board at the moment. 
Yeah, I completely understand that. And all I can do is speculate. But mm-hmm. I think part of that is after the first four games, then I think they're, you know, opening up capacity to larger numbers. And so it was kind of like a, you know, something with COVID that most clubs probably had to deal with. And it depends on your state. So it varies a little bit, you know, um, that kind of thing. But regardless, yeah, I still understand why it's, Just you know, it's frustrating. Part, yeah. it's, it's still frustrating. I get it. <laughs> okay. We haven't asked this yet, but how long have you actually been supporting the Rapids and what are some of your favorite moments so far? Yeah. So I've been a hardcore follower of the Rapids for the past five years. Um, so I moved here from Washington, D.C. and grew up in North Carolina. So I've kind of been a little bit all over the place. But um, when MLS started in 96, I was 11. Um, so as a kid, there, there were no teams anywhere near North Carolina. But I always thought of um, the Colorado Rapids and D.C. United as the good guys. You know, mm-hmm. that's how I thought of it as a kid. And so I just kind of liked them growing up and ended up moving to DC and I, and I went to games there. Um, so I wasn't, uh, you know, haven't always been, um, you know, I can't claim to be a Colorado native and have supported the team since I uh, okay. was born, but, um, but this is like a lot of people in America, right? It's very, mm. it's the nature of things. It's very transient. We, we move a lot, but um, at any rate, you know, yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed supporting my local soccer team and, um, you know, the, the Rapids, uh, you know, as far as the, um, you know, you asked like some of my favorite moments. I mean, I feel like I could go on and on and on on, <laughs> on that. I'm picking out some favorites, but I mean, yeah. uh, you know, last season going to Rio Tinto and winning 5-0 was just glorious. I mean, just walking on, you know, just walking on clouds for days after that, you know, just invincible. But I wasn't there at the game. You know, that was, that was, um, I don't, I don't know if any fans were allowed at that point because we were in the pandemic, but my, my favorite recent game that I was there in person for was uh, June, 2019, which we hosted LAFC. And this was kind of when um, Sam Vines was starting his coming out party. And all of a sudden everyone was starting to take notice. And, and this game, it was kind of, like the old rapids like gritty sitting back soaking up the pressure and they 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 they, they grind it out for a one zero win but for me it was all about sam vines because i was very interested to see his rise and he absolutely shut down carlos vela and carlos vela was the mvp that season and they even switched him over the right wing and keegan rosenberry had a lights out night too so that was a really, really fun one. And one of my, you know, maybe it's not the, the sexiest um, uh, pick, but that was, that was definitely one of my favorite moments, really seeing what felt like, oh man, Sam Vines is here. He just, the kid is he good. just, yeah. The kid is good. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, we can agree to that. Honestly. <laughs> we could sit here all day and talk about Sam Vines. I mean, <laughs> yes, absolute yes. baller. <laughs> Nick, do you have uh, a specific moment? Nick Rosser, do you have a specific moment? That's your favorite Growing up and following Probably, the Rapids. Probably. Ah, it's so tough because there's like this specific moment, but it's not the Rapids that are involved. But I was a kid in a bar and just watching Connor Casey score two goals against Honduras to send us to the World Cup in 2010 is some of the amazing moments. Just makes me think of Connor Casey. If not, I just remember being with my dad in old Chicago in 2010, watching us lift the cup off a torn knee. It's amazing, like how things happen. How yeah yeah but that's pretty much my best moments and well I have one more sorry (laughs) so my first ever game was at uh Invesco it was called at the time the Broncos Stadium and I was one of those kids that went on the field before the game started with the flag you know had a good time with your club team and as I'm going up to the stands the game already started the Rapids scored in the first minute and it was it was 1-0 from there I don't know why but that one just sticks with me that one's just a fun one though (laughs) It was a good time. My first ever game. Missed the only goal, unfortunately. It's <laughs> an unfortunate event to happen there for you. Ah, it's still, it's still a good time. Honestly, how about you? What's your What's your first memory of the Rapids? What's your favorite? Well, I've only been following the Rapids again. I guess to the extent in depth this year. I've been a hardcore fan. I decided to support my local team as much as I can. Um, living here in Colorado for the past twelve years, um, I'm, it's finally a good time to get 
along the uh, Colorado Rapids hype train. This year, they're doing pretty well. I'm not going to lie. I've got the opportunity to watch the um, both the Austin FC home game and the Minnesota game. And I really had a good time at the Minnesota game. That definitely is up there for being one of the few games that I've uh, got to experience. But for me, my first Rapids match, I got to see the season we got uh, Tim Howard in goal. We were battling Dallas at the end of the season to uh, get to the top of um, the Western Conference and just seeing the hype and the excitement of the game being victorious over them just really brought the uh, excitement. There was a full stadium at the time and being my first Rapids game, I got these jitters and just seeing an actual living legend, <laughs> you know, feet away from me was surreal. So I'm not going to lie. Because you're a goalie as well. I did. Yeah, I grew up playing for my life. So Tim Howard was definitely inspiration. Seeing his performance against Belgium in the World Cup was definitely really excitement. A lot of hype came after that. And so so since then, I mean, moving on, Nick, since you've started supporting the Colorado Rapids, um, can you define any moments that you think have impacted the club for either the best or the worst? And that could be from signing a specific player, manager, a point or, you know, a club ownership. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, so for the worst, I mean, yeah, you could, you could definitely go the route of ownership and, and that's, um, you know, it's a sticky topic for, I mean, well, actually I should say it's not really a sticky topic. I think most fans are not happy with, uh, the way that, um, I mean, Josh Kroenke is really the one who is really at the head of everything for, um, the Rapids part of the ownership for their group. But yeah. I mean, he's, you know, there's bad owners everywhere. And I think, you know, again, we could kind of go on and on about that sort of thing. And it is, you know, hurting the team. Um, and, and it kind of circles back to the whole, um, you know, TV rights thing. All of a sudden, we don't have a sponsor, you know, which, hey, if I'm buying a jersey, that's cool. But we want to grow the team, you know. Yeah, and who, who wants to be a sponsor if the, you're not on television? When Meanwhile, the same provider, uh, Kroenke Sports Entertainment, not provider, but you know, they, they are getting their uh, avalanche and, you know, Nuggets games aired. Um, it's ridiculous. And it's a, it's, a, it's a sore subject, obviously. Makes me sad talking about it. But, you know, that, that's obviously been extremely detrimental. Not as detrimental would be just to pile on another uh, bad one would be the appointment of Anthony Hudson. And I think he was a terrible coach. And... Uh, you know, there's nothing worse than his, you know, his quote the, the day before he was fired when he said something like, I can't compete with a bottom group of players. I mean, it's just a horrible, horrible thing to I say think. for any level of sports, uh, you know, regardless of how you really feel to say that, which was obviously complete bullshit. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, Connor Casey, yeah, Connor Casey turned around and the same exact group of players did a lot better, uh, you know, so. Yeah, he's on it's the interim, unfortunate, but he he still managed. Right. And he wasn't he wasn't he wasn't a manager for too long, or maybe right. that was that was maybe his only shot so far. Right. So yeah, he was he was full of it. And unfortunately, I think he's coaching at the U.S. youth level, uh, maybe under twenty threes or something. So I don't know. Good luck to those guys. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, those those would be some of the lows, I guess. But you know, on the highs, I would say uh, the big one for me is Porig Smith. He has been. Uh, a huge lift to the team and you know having a general manager is new in soccer but it's worked out really well for the Rapids and I think if you go back to so he he wrote an op-ed in the Denver Post I think August 2017 I want to say and he had coined the phrase um, in that article the Rapids way and that I think has really been great because number one they just were able to point out okay, look, we've made some mistakes. Here's where they are. We know what to do to get better. And we are building for the future. And success didn't happen overnight as, you know, I think that's reasonable to, to have their approach rather than a, you know, uh, more reactionary sort of approach. So they had, you know, I think an organic way of slowly turning over the team and getting, I mean, Jack Price is the only guy left from them, slowly turn the team over. Um, they went out and got the blockbuster trade for, for Kellen Acosta at the time. And they've yeah. really built up the youth system and, and they've built for the future. And, you know, it's fun to look at the team and say, well, this is, this is great. We're winning games. We're doing good. And then knowing on top of that, we've got one of the youngest teams in the league and we're building this youth academy that 
is doing, you know, really, really well. So I, I really credit Forex Smith a lot. I think is probably, you know, in modern Rapids history is, is definitely the, the biggest plus and his, his philosophy of the Rapids way I'm totally bought in on. And I, I think it's really working. Yeah. Just general things to make the team better, not too profit motivated. Yeah. Exactly. And I also think Robin Frazier is a good addition too. He's just, you can see it in the results from last year to this year. Like the Rapids ending the season yeah. last year was the most, like one of the most incredible runs in the MLS I've seen. And they've obviously, we had a slow start, but Sam Vines being out, you know, that, that can make our team sometimes like, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't overstate that because, I mean, look what we do. We don't put in a left back. We change formations and Kellen Acosta slides into left back for two games. Uh, you know, we moved to a 3-5-2. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. you're really your best ball winner in the midfield is gone. I mean, he led the league in tackles in the first two games playing left back. He had eight tackles, <laughs> uh, you know, which is amazing. He did, like, he did really, really well playing in that position, but – but we missed him in the midfield, as you guys know. Like, yeah, he's really that bite to to the midfield that we need. But he seems um, to me the Tyler Adam Tyler Adams answer for this national team right now. Yeah, I mean, I I am a, a Rapids fan, so I'm very biased. But I would say 100. Uh, percent You know, I think in the last couple of games where we saw him alongside Sebastian Legette, you know, they did really well together. And I think there was like a little, oh man. Could these could that be a, a you know a central midfield pairing for us? And yeah, with with um, yeah with Tyler Adams missing for the national team, it is huge. And and I don't think there's any question that Kellen Acosta is in the mix. Um, you know, as far as as being called up to that position, he but, should be in the yeah, mix I mean, at least. Yeah, and, and you know, I think part of that is you know he used to wear the Kellen Acosta used to wear the number ten jersey, and he. You know, I think it was this year in the offseason, he switched to number 23. And he really, last season, ended up playing the number eight role. And that's really his best position. And, you know, when we brought in Eunice Nomley and Cole Bassett, they kind of took up that space. And, you know, luckily it's worked out well because, you know, he doesn't have, you know, you know, a big ego where he can't handle it. You know, he was able to switch positions, give up the number 10 jersey. He was okay with that. And that's exactly what you want from your teammate and especially a guy that plays the eight that's a you know that box to box midfielder um but you know circling back to your point Nick yeah I think coach Fraser is great and he absolutely goes right along with one of the best things that we've had you know um everybody thinks of a former player like him who's a who was a defender as oh Rapids are only going to play defensively and you know there are games where maybe you're playing a team that you know you think is a lot better and is attacking really well and this goes for all levels of soccer all around the world maybe set up differently in that game but the team really isn't playing defensively you know um you know not overly defensively I think you look at the formation I mean it's either a a 4-2-3-1 or a 4-3-3 so you know they're they're attacking they're creating space and and it's exciting to watch it's not just kind of the old rapids you know gritty grinded out work hard and maybe you'll get a little lucky. You don't know where the goals um, are coming you know. from Rapids. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Well, I wanted to kind of go off of that. Um, we were speaking a little bit, you know, a little hype or maybe speculation around are the Rapids going to be a defensive team? Well, right now in the uh, in those five games that the Rapids have gone ahead and played, we've gone ahead and scored eight goals and conceded six all goals conceded at home. Does that number of goals against, especially at home, concern the Rapids? Um, well, if you're asking my opinion, no, when you're winning. <laughs> um, <laughs> right? So, you know, if you're winning, you don't, you don't worry about it. But, yeah, I mean, you know, on some level there's a little worry. But also the, you know, 10-minute collapse against Austin, which uh, – so you guys were both there for the game? Yeah. We yeah. were. Yeah. Yeah. And me as well. It was, uh, yeah. And I was over in that corner too, near the away fans. They were were (laughs) rowdy and having fun, but, um, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, have to tip, tip your hat. I mean, they, you know, the Los Verdes, I think it's the Los Verdes, um, Mm -hmm. supporters group. They were singing, 
the whole time and they brought a great atmosphere. And so hats off to him. But yeah, you know, it's not that you can't just say, oh, well, we collapsed for 10 minutes and let in three goals. So that skews the numbers. I don't mean it as simply as that, but um, you know, you, you can't have mental collapses like that either, where I think a lot of that is mental. Um, and, you know, we're susceptible to that at times where, you know, if we don't start strong, you know, sometimes it's really hard to claw our way back. Um, although on the flip side, we've done, you know, we've had, we've had some comebacks lately and showed a little bit more grit than I think people give us credit for. But yeah, I mean, you know, with the defense, uh, defensive performance, I mean, I was definitely weary of Lawless Abubakar being out and thinking it would be a lot worse than it is. And I'm thrilled that Austin Trustee has stepped up because he's done a very, very good Amazing. job. And yeah, and, and Danny Wilson has been good too. Um, but I feel like he also has stepped up his game this season. Um, you know, he's always been good on the ball, but I always thought he's a little overconfident, loses the ball once or twice a game where you could give up a goal. I feel like he's locked that down and and really been consistent. Um you know, anybody's capable of an individual mistake, but as a team, mm -hmm. uh, the whole team unit has done really well. And, and I don't just mean, you know, okay, they got the four guys at the back. Okay. And yes, uh, you know, Kellen Acosta and Jack Price do a good job in front of them, but also we've seen other guys playing well defensively. I mean, Diego Rubio has a pretty good work rate, but in particular, I would say um, uh, Shinya Shiki has really mm -hmm. done well. And if you look at like the, the heat map in most games, it, he is tracking back to help cover so Sam Vines can go forward too. And it looks to me like a little different strategy than we've had before. And I think that's why Shinyashiki is playing more than John Lewis. You know, John Lewis is still that excellent option to come in off the bench and, you know, go for the win at the end. And he has so much energy and, and he does work defensively, but I think that, you know, Shinyashiki gets the nod because, Okay, they're fairly equal gets you goals offensively, too. but um, get yeah, defense yeah, and gets you goals. He's like an ultimate package. Yeah, he's so versatile, and yeah. and so so anyway, yeah, he really helps. Sport. Definitely, definitely, it, it makes a difference, and I think that's this is why the team is is doing well. It's not just the center backs. It's not just how good Yarbrough has been, which Yarbrough has been awesome uh, ever since he came in on loan. But now that yeah. he's signed. I mean, what a start to the season he's had. I mean, we just look more confident back there. He communicates well. Uh, he's very commanding. I've noticed that from up close. His presence when he lifts those arms. Yeah. Uh, pretty, it's pretty intimidating. <laughs> you don't want to be in the six when that ball's in the air. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, you're right. It's the presence. He has it. You know, not not every goalkeeper does. And, um, yeah, he's, he's definitely the other piece that I kind of missed on <laughs> the defensive unit. But, yeah. Yeah, he's big time. It's been it's it feels like it's been a real step up in quality level from where you were uh, before. Sweet. All right, so we have LAFC this weekend, and we've won the last previous games, and so we have we've scored two we've scored three goals in the last two games. How are you feeling going into LA? Well, um, this is about as good as you can feel going into to LA, um, you know, they are having, you know, the, the, the worst starts to their season they've ever had. Um, you know, they, they aren't finding goals. Carlos Vela is hurt. Um, I think that they've made a mistake with um, putting um, uh, the Uruguayan, uh, Diego Rossi, mm -hmm. into the center, central part of the field because he likes to come what in. makes he them – He likes to create. Yeah, yeah, he's – yeah, so we lose. They lose that that space to get in mm -hmm. behind to create one on one to get that advantage <clears> and really break down a team. So now it's just so predictable because, and then you have Corey uh, Baird who's in the middle with them. So I think that fundamentally has changed their team. Um, and you know, when a team's not, not scoring, I mean, it's kind of like us. It's kind of like Minnesota this year. Eventually, the dominoes are probably going to fall, and they'll start scoring. And one goal builds the confidence that you need. Um, but you know, we're still going to expect that they're going to dominate possession. You know, they're extremely good in the midfields. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I think at West might be the, the blessing is quick. They got some pace. Okay. Um, I think at West might be the best central midfielder, just hands down in the league. I mean, he just he. I think he's the main reason why they dominate the midfield. Um, and it's hard to really score 
against them usually. So I think, you know, for, for us going in, you know, I, I think it is going to be a little bit of that kind of like I alluded to before. All right. We're going to have maybe a little bit more defensive approach um, and try to soak in the pressure and spring the counterattack when we can, which we've done really well. Yeah. Um, you know, with doing that, we've transitioned really well and scored off of um, transition before uh, this season. So, you know, I don't think it's just a wait and hope, but, you know, starting off with a game plan of, you know, soaking that pressure and um, and take opportunities when you can. And then depending on how we line up, you know, you can see you could see a second half sub that, you know, could change a game like a John Lewis would be my guess. I certainly couldn't agree more. The Rapids do like to explode on that counterattack. I've noticed that going out wide, finding Michael Barrios out there and letting him create and get that space. It's kind of dangerous. I saw Houston gave him too much space, which led to a beautiful cross and for Rubio to put in the back of the net. All think, over them on the counter. Honestly, we were all, really all over them in that first half. It looked like an absolute bombardment from our Colorado Rapids team. I was beautiful <laughs> to watch that first half. And kind of actually going off of that, talking about halves, the Rapids now have won their last two games by scoring three goals in one half. Now, is that kind of magic going to continue against Los Angeles? Or what do we need to do to become a full 90-minute team? Yeah, it's a, that's a good question. I, I, I don't know that I have the answer, but I think it would, um, you know, the, the confidence boost is huge. And I think this is like mostly mental to be a full 90-minute team. Um, it's not like people aren't in shape on the team. You know, everyone's... You know, apart from, you know, Lalo Sabubakar, I think, has recovered from injury, but isn't quite up to, you know, game. Yeah, so that's that's a one-off. But, um, you know, it's mental. And it'll – yeah, yeah, to be able to, to really sprint and turn and, and make those dynamic movements. I mean, I think it's just a matter of time before he comes in and, and replaces Trusty, but it's hard to know without, you know, being in practice. Um, or just knowing a little bit more information. But, yeah, I mean, I think ultimately to be a 90-minute team, it's a lot of um, – comes down to, like, concentration, preparation, whether that's internally or from the coaching staff, and then taking all of that and executing on the field, which, um, you know, the, the team just looks better and better in this respect and, and does look like that 90-minute team. But to continue mentally to have the, the confidence and the belief that you can – that you can do this. So this team is good enough to go out and score three, <laughs> score three goals, just yeah. like you said, against a team like LAFC. They're absolutely good enough to do that. Um, so I, I think it's a lot of that internal belief to really know that, you know, <laughs> you're good. You can do this. You can go out and, and play aggressive and play with the best teams in the league. Yeah. So this is not just a – oh, sorry. So this is not just a rapid inform. This could be like a potential long-term run of the season type thing. Like yeah. this form, this playing. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, it's a long season. There's going to be, you know, there's can be a lot of ups and downs within a season. It is a little bit different because, you know, we're not playing barely any games on the East Coast this season. You know, nobody's traveling far. So I think it turns it into even more of a slugfest and really – having depth in your team is the other part that will really help, which I think we have really good depth. Um, you know, I think, I mean, across the defensive line midfield, um, you know, I, I think we, we have pretty good depth all the way around. And then we've got young guys who are out on loan at the uh, Colorado Springs uh, switchbacks who, who, who knows could get called up. So um, yeah, I think, I think it's definitely possible to, to continue this type of form um, you know, Seattle looks like on another planet right now, yeah. and they're the type of team that is like, you know, you can plug in anybody. It doesn't matter who gets hurt, throw a body in, and they seem to do well. And that's kind of a special team. You know, you don't always see that, um, and, and they kind of have that something special right now. But, um, yeah, I think we are definitely definitely capable of continuing this, this type of form throughout the season. I definitely agree with you. I don't think you could have worded it any better to continue this run. Good form, honestly. It all it is mental. It's that mental belief that you can do it. We saw the Rapids have that mentality that, hey, you're down two goals. You need to come back. Boom, they put in three. And we also saw that mentality that, hey, you need to go out there and put in three before they start putting a couple like they did last week's inside of your net. And we saw that mentality of them going out of there and establishing the dominance of the game. Really excited. I'm really hopeful 
that they continue this really good form all the way and hopefully give us a long playoff run. This Los Angeles FC team is really going to be an interesting matchup this weekend. It's always really excited to see Colorado Rapids face off one of the bigger teams in the MLS just to see how we stand alongside the heavyweights. And talking about, you know, a lot of the younger guys getting opportunities with the Colorado switchbacks. We've also seen a couple of the younger guys here alongside on the Rapids team. Some of the fan favorites like Sam Vines and Cole Bassett. Cole Bassett having scored two goals in his MLS campaign this year. Do you think he's now starter material alongside Rubio? I mean, we've seen him create, pass, dribble, get in the box. You know, do you think he's another good option to link with Rubio and both Barrios? Uh, yeah, it's a great question. I mean, it's a tough one. Um, you know, I think, I mean, I think his quality is, is good enough to answer your question. He is good enough to, to, to be a starter. Um, Coach Fraser does like situational, um, like rotation in the squad. And, you know, right now, you know, we just lost Eunice nominate injury and Bassett is the, the easy, the, the best option to slide right in. Um, so, now, when Nomaly comes back, I think it's a little bit different. I mean, what I would say is normally if we're going to go a little bit more aggressive, you see Bassett in the number 10 role. And when we are not, you normally see Eunice Nomaly dropping a little bit deeper seems to be the, the approach now. So I think it kind of depends on the team you're playing a little bit and the, the kind of the situational part. And, you know, it's kind of tough when what to predict um, Coach Frazier is going to do with the rotation. But. Yeah, he is good enough. He's linking up well. He's got a ton of energy. I just wouldn't really ideally want him playing the number eight. I would want to have Price and Acosta behind him. Um, I mean, you guys saw in that game against Austin, he got caught in our own third, deep in our own third, got caught in possession. And, you know, it led to kind of an easy goal. Yeah. You know, so, the, the, you know, he has a great work rate. I mean, he just absolutely runs his socks off. I mean, that last game where he got the goal, blocking the, the keeper's clearance by marriage. I mean, you know, great determination and energy, but he's just, he's just really not a great defender. So if he's going to be forward in that number 10 position, do it. And, and he, you know, quite frankly, he's, he's producing better than Nomley if you're just looking at goals and, and assists. Um, uh, you know, I think not, not that Nomley has done poorly, but, you know, if you're kind of comparing the two, which is really what it comes down to, in my opinion, um, it's, it's kind of tough to pick. And that's why I think, you know, Coach Frazier's rotating a little bit and kind of playing the hot hand. Um, so, um, yeah, I think Bassett's good enough, but it just kind of depends on the situation a little bit as to, you know, if he's really going to start or not. Fair enough, fair enough. This yeah, is kind of his opportunity, right? Because Namley's out injured. Yeah, I mean, big opportunity. I mean, he started a lot of games in the past and, and I think he'll continue to start or – um, or come in off the bench as the the important sub, which, you know, having Cole Bassett and John Lewis come off the bench seems to be working really well. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, yeah, I like that's, I you know, I mean, what can I, what can you say? I mean, they come in and they change games right now. But yeah, then on the flip side, you're like, well, these subs are scoring and producing and doing all this stuff. Why aren't they starting? I, I think it's, it's tough. There's a lot of depth. Um, I wish I had a better answer. <laughs> um but, you know, it, it's exciting. He's exceptional. I think we'll be lucky to see him maybe pass this summer. I mean, if we get a full season out of him right now, you know, I think we're, we're – and same really goes for Sam Vines. I think we – you know, selfishly, uh, I kind of hope I'm wrong, but I also, yeah. you know, unselfishly for their development and their, their dreams. You know, they've talked about this, especially Cole Bassett has talked about it, and they've both received offers – to go to Europe, um, but they want to make those moves at the right time. But, you know, anyway, I think that is, you know, we are kind of seeing a special time where we might have half season or a full season, you know, remaining with these guys. Um, so, um, you know, cherishing every moment. <laughs> Honestly, let's enjoy these beautiful moments. Keep bagging in the goals and keep pushing for youth playing on our, uh, you know, starting 11. Can't complain with that. I, I like the new play yeah. that they're doing. It's, I like having the national team hype, honestly, too. Just having boys that are getting the call-ups, Acosta, Bassett, for a small time, Vines. It's like the U.S. is really looking for a, a backup left back, to be honest. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, really since the heyday of 
Beasley, um, Demarcus Beasley, you know, we haven't really had a left back since then. I feel like it's been one of our weakest spots for years. And um, again, I'm very biased being a Rapids fan, but Sam Vine seems to me to be the, the clear, uh, you know, best young player to come in and take the job. I don't think uh, Bello at um, Atlanta United is up to the same level. I think he's very good. I think they're both, um, you know, the kind of, for me, if it was me making the decision, it'd be easy to call them both in. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, then you have Anthony Robinson, who obviously is, you know, starting at Fulham. Yeah. Um, so hard to argue against him being called into the team. But, yeah, I think that the thing that's a little bit different is, especially for Vines, not just the position has been weak historically, but he brings something different. He attacks better than most outside backs. And, and it's exciting for the U.S. team. It's exciting for the Rapids. Um, you know, and I, I mean, yeah, just, just like you're saying, I just can't wait to see him play more, um, for the national team. And, and you know, I mean, we, um, and you kind of alluded to this. I mean, the Rapids we've now had, uh, last camp, we had four Rapids players, which was the most we've ever had. Um, you know, you've got John Lewis, Kellen Acosta, Cole Bassett and Sam Vines. I mean, all four guys are good enough. I, I don't know that we're going to see all four be called up to the A squad, if you will, for whatever those games are. But, you know, we could easily see two or three of these guys getting called in regularly. Um, you know, Sam Vines and Cole Bassett, they're, they're shoe-ins, they're young. I think Kellen Acosta has a unique skill set at his position where we also kind of lack, um, you know, that many players. And right now, like you guys said, Adams is out. So, so his chances go up there. Um, yeah, really exciting to, you know, want to see all four of these guys and who knows who's next. But, um, uh, yeah, definitely exciting to see all these young guys getting called up to the national team. Yeah, we're really hoping to see a lot of these young guys, especially Nick knows I'm very biased towards my Kellen Acosta. I really want to see him get the opportunity. Um, I really loved his performance against Jamaica a while back. And so that definitely, I think, put him on the platform. Um, He's, he's got to warm up a little bit to more of the U.S. fans. I know a lot of the Rapids fan like him. He's been very versatile for us, even playing in that left-back position, as you mentioned earlier. So hopefully we can continue this good form and he can show some more individual talent to show a lot of the more U.S. fans that he can be an actual individual who can sub in for Tyler Adams or Weston McKinney in that midfield when needed. Yeah. Because we saw on Twitter today that there were some U.S. fans were considering putting Dest at the six and sliding Richards out. It's a I very hot know. take. It's just uh, like that's a hot take. That's a hot take, though. But there's just like ideas around like a coast is just not on people's minds, and it's just frustrating at the same time. Yeah, and it's like it's kind of like being a Rapids fan where you're just, you know. Uh, perennially underrated and underappreciated, uh, you know, yeah. like, yeah, Kellen across, yeah. I, I don't, I don't understand it on some level. I think some people forget, you know, um, uh, I don't know if you guys know exactly how old he is, but some people think like, oh, well he had promise when he was, you know, 21 and now he's, you know, he's this bad. age. So exactly. now I'm writing him off and it's just yeah. not true. And if you really watched again, you know, last season, things changed. He's he's become a better box to box midfielder, and we need that in the national team. And he is a, one of the best, um, you know, ball winners. He's he can he can play destroyer mm -hmm. in there um, and, and do it pretty well. I mean, you don't want him as a lone number six, really. But um, yeah, I don't I don't know about putting Serginho Dest <clears throat> in the middle no. of the field. <laughs> um, no way. Yeah, he's only 25 yeah. he's only 25 as well he's 25 if people okay. can't if people can't realize that you can you can still get better at that age and right. he's already Which playing he, at yes. such a quality level yeah, already he can still yeah. get better by the age of 28 29 that could be four solid years on the national team that people are overlooking because he's not there might be euro snobs yeah you know? yeah that can be a factor too it could, yeah it can be yeah the euro versus mls thing or oh you're not on a good enough team or you're getting written off for, you know, some silly reason. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, if you watch his on-field performances, again, I, I forget which game it was um, recently where he was playing with Sebastian Legette, and um, it was the one where Serginho Dest scored that, that howler from way out. Um, yeah. um, I think a friendly, but, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got he's got value, and he he proves it on the field, and I think he's going to continue to prove it. That was an absolute strike for some junior dust. It was, I believe, it was against the Jamaica game. I was, uh, I was showing oh, yeah, some yeah. sympathy against the Jamaican, uh, I believe, left back. I was saying it's kind of hard to defend against, you know, a Barcelona right back who can just sprint at you at that pace. So yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> great, great screamer. Um, I vividly remember he hit that with a nice inside of the foot curler. But, yes. Uh, I don't want to get too carried away talking about the U.S. men's national team because we could sit here and talk about all day how we want to structure that 11. But we have a pretty <laughs> important match against LAFC this weekend. And it's just taking out Frazier out of the equation. Let's say by some miracle you become in charge of structuring the starting <laughs> 11. How would you go ahead and structure the starting 11 for this match this weekend? Oh, man. Yeah, that's a, that's a yeah. How would I do it? Good question. I mean, I think most of the team really stays the same you know I wouldn't really change much because it's been working well mm-hmm. um you know I think on the back line you know Vines Trusty Wilson Rosenberry I think they all start again the only caveat to that is where is Lala Sabubakar you know if he is back to 100 percent um do you put him in uh, you know that's kind of the the big question in the in the back line um Personally, at this point, from what I know, I'd probably just stick with trusty right now and, you know, not risk injury. Um, you know, Price and Acosta holding mm-hmm. down the, you know, kind of double pivot in midfield um, wouldn't make any changes there. Uh, this part is easy because Nomi's injured, so Bassett gets the start. <laughs> okay. um, but that's always a tough one for me because I like both players. They bring something different. But, um, you know, ride the hot hand right now. Even if Nomi's injured, let's go with that. So, yeah, Bassett starting at the 10. And then, obviously, Mikey Barrios just on fire lately. Um, so, I keep him at his right wing where he's best. I mean, I like how they switch it around. Yeah. Um, you know, and just kind of go, go after their weak, the, the opponent's weakness. Um, Rubio up top. And then on the left wing, I mean, it's it's also such a t- tough choice for me, too, with Shinya Shiki versus John Lewis. I mean, no. I mean, I, you know, Fraser, I mean, it's been working. Shinya Shiki starts yeah. and then, you know, Lewis uh, plays the super sub role. I think that's probably how, how I would approach this one. And again, because Shinya Shiki will work back uh, defensively really hard, probably start that way is how I would do it. And then you can, you could bring on Lewis as that game changer. Pretty interesting. Starting 11s, not really changed, like you said at the beginning. Um, Hopefully we get to see a lot of uh, continuous great talent and creation making from Barrios out wide. I mean, what we saw against Houston was pure magic. It's kind of scary giving him space out wide. And then when he gets the ball inside, he still gets that space and he creates beauty. So hopefully he's so technical. Very one of the most technical players we have on the the team. No question. No question. He's not afraid to take on players. I mean, when he was tacking that, Right-hand side, when we were watching the game, it looked like the first instinct he had was, can I take this 1v1 before I have to pass? And you kind of <laughs> need that hunger sometimes. Yeah. Like wanting to, mm. you know, take the opportunity. You see the space 1v1. Can I play this ball into some of these tall guys, see what they can do? And so. Yeah, exactly. He's got that direct play style that we really lacked. I mean, when he, when he signed, it was like, okay, yes, we're getting – you know, what we know is a proven really good talent in the MLS, but then it's also like play style. We get somebody who is just super direct and that's really, I think that's really been a great, um, you know, catalyst to, to our success recently. I mean, obviously just watching him on the field, you can see how different we look and how much better, um, you know, he, he just, he sucks players in and yeah, it's really fun to watch. Okay, so as we found out earlier last or earlier, yeah, it was last month that the Denver is hosting the CONCACAF Nations League from June 3rd to June 6th. The United States team has yet to announce any official roster for the Nations League. Do you see any Rapids making that possible A squad coming to Denver? Yeah, so um, I mean, I would say the the most likely ones are Sam Vines and Kellen Acosta. Um, but my fourth question, which you guys probably have maybe the same question, like, okay, so, all right, it's another national team game. Which players are going to be, is this going to be a, 
domestic or a Euro-based um, squad that we call up. I never seem to know which which is which and what to expect. Um, but I would, yeah, I would say that if you just look at the positions, I think Sam Vines and Kellen Acosta are the most likely. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, yeah, it's kind of tough without knowing, you know, who else is going to be in the player pool to, you know, who's expected. Um, you know, like we, we've said on here, you know, Tyler Adams being out, I think that makes Kellen Acosta, you know. At least on the 23. Yeah, I, I think he gets in. I think Sam Vines is in. And then it's really just a question mark on – I don't think Cole Bassett gets in, even though he's in great form. I just – I don't think they're going to going to call him in in central midfield. Um, and then John Lewis would be the other one, right? So, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, again, I'm not really sure exactly who – um, his best competition is going to be on the wing and, and he's really best on the left wing, but um, John Lewis would be the third one. That's you can, maybe he's kind of on the fence and he could get in. I mean, I think it's totally possible. We could get three guys in, but you know, heck I could be wrong and we only get one, but <laughs> I have faith that <laughs> I have faith that we're going to get at least, at least one Rapids fan in uh, on the squad. Awesome. Yeah. I'm really hoping that at least we get one Rapids fan, excuse me, one Rapids player. Uh, it'll really, you know, get the support going for us fans. Um, we plan on being there at the Nation League's final on June 6th. I'm hoping it's an exciting class between both the United States and Mexico. At least that's what we're hoping for. Uh, this is an absolute rivalry in our home state. And it would be absolutely nuts just to witness this great, hopefully two strong uh, 11s just going absolute, you know, Fleet to cleat, shin to shin, ham, just trying to bag goals here in Denver. I don't know why, Denver. Do you have any takes looking forward to the game? Anything specific? Anything that'll get you excited? Is this a positive to have in Denver? Does this help out the Rapids at all? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think it's so it's good for soccer in general for the state of Colorado. Um, Yeah, I think it's definitely good for the Rapids. And of course, it would help if we have Rapids players, uh, <laughs> you know, lacing up their their boots for the game, uh, you know, because then it really it really puts that into people's minds, um, you know, uh, pretty easily. But I mean, you know, not that the U.S. has been a powerhouse lately by any stretch, but um, you know, I don't think Mexico has been excellent lately either. Um, you know, recent history, we started to take an edge actually in winning games against them. So, you know, it's not just all written off, you know, that Mexico is always better than us. Um, and I think especially with this young crop of players where it's not just the gritty hold on for dear life and see if we can get one lucky bounce in. You know, we've got the skilled players. We've got, you know, speed on the edges. Um you know, there's a different dynamic to the team now, and and Berhalter's playing these younger guys, and thank God, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just so good to see the young guys out there, and so, you know, I, I mean, yes, like you, I hope it is Mexico in the final, I hope we slap them around, and, you know, just absolutely destroy them three or four zero. Yeah. You know, I don't even often like want a blowout. I like close games, but you know, it's your rival. It's Mexico. I hope you know, I really hope that they, they turn it on. And, and I think part of the keys for this is for any national team games is, is there some cohesiveness, some chemistry with the guys they're playing? It's so hard if you're, you're moving guys around a lot. Are the center backs going to have a good partnership? Will, will, will there be good connections in midfield? I mean, I can't wait to see what the roster looks like, but, um, and for Mexico too, you know, I don't know, um, you know, how you guys feel about it, but, um, I mean, I'm just, when it comes to the U.S. team, I'm just kind of blindly optimistic. <laughs> and maybe that's a problem as a sports fan being that way. But, you know, it's a really promising time to be a U.S. national soccer fan. I mean, it's um, it's just growing so much. And, you know, I think we have a lot to prove. It's not going to be easy. Um, but I'm ready for it. And I hope we are celebrating in Denver soon together. Hopefully. Hopefully. You can just see it. It's just all these boys need on the national team is just minutes and chemistry. That's just what they need together. I think we've already surpassed Mexico's youth talent. Their best youth players, 25 on Napoli. So it's like tough. <laughs> yeah. 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 For once it does seem. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, we, we are perhaps ahead on the youth level. Yeah. 
the Chucky Lozano agenda continues from Nick. <laughs> it's, um, I love that. Yeah, you know, I absolutely I love I, that. Yeah, you know, I don't even often like want a blowout. I like close games, but you know, it's your rival. It's Mexico. I hope, you know, I really hope that they they turn it on. And and I think part of the keys for this is for any national team games is is there some cohesiveness, some chemistry with the guys they're playing. It's so hard if you're you're moving guys around a lot. Are the center backs going to have a good partnership. Will 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 there be good connections in midfield? I mean, I can't wait to see what the roster looks like. But um, and for Mexico too, you know, I don't know, um, you know, how you guys feel about it. But um, I mean, I'm just when it comes to the U.S. team, I'm just kind of blindly optimistic. <laughs> and maybe that's a problem as a sports fan being that way. But you know, it's a really promising time to be a U.S. national soccer fan. I mean, it's um, it's just growing so much and. You know, I think we have a lot to prove. It's not going to be easy, um, but I'm ready for it. And I hope we are celebrating in Denver soon together. Hopefully. Hopefully. You can just see it. It's just all these boys need on the national team is just minutes and chemistry. That's just what they need together. I think we've already surpassed Mexico's youth talent. Their best youth players, 25 on Napoli. So it's like tough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For once it does seem, yeah, I mean, like, you know, we, we are perhaps ahead on the youth level, yeah. The Chucky Lozano agenda continues from Nick. <laughs> it's, it's great. It's great. Yeah. Well, well, like I said, the Colorado Rapids this weekend head on over to Los Angeles to face off against LAFC. It's going to be a really exciting match. We hope to continue a great form. Um, Nick, it's been really exciting, and we are really thankful for you to join us on our podcast and our show today. Um, if you guys were looking to Follow uh, Nick on Twitter. Just want to go ahead and put down his Twitter here for you guys. It is at BurgundyBoys96. Like I said, again, his Twitter is BurgundyBoys96, where he uh, brings you media coverage on the Colorado Rapids for the MLS Now podcast, the MLS Now podcast. You can follow them on Twitter. We'll go ahead and put all those ads and social media links over at the end of the video. But that ad for the MLS Now podcast is at MLS Now Podcast. I know I've said that a couple of times, but MLS is all caps at MLS Now Podcast. Nick, thank you so much for coming on our show today. It's been a great honor. We really enjoyed discussing with you the Colorado Rapids, getting some insight on the U.S. men's national team, and hopefully um, there's a good road for us here and we get to see some playoffs, maybe bringing the cup back here to Colorado.